you ever had those times when life just seems dull? Life seems bland. There's no color. You know what? If you want more color in your life, you have to go out and find it. Serena would like to dedicate today's podcast episode to her brother Zane. The Classy Chemist Podcast is here for all healthcare professionals who desire deeper insights to our everyday life in healthcare within the UK. We will be mixing it up with interviews, monologues and panel discussions with a side of sass, chit-chat and the reality of what happens, along with a cup of tea of course. If you have a passion for our profession in healthcare and need some inspiration to grow, take a listen to the Classy Chemist Podcast proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. What a special day here at the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. We are so excited. Every time I launch a podcast, it's like you have a new baby. It's like a brand new child to the world to be able to express themselves and reach other pharmacists throughout the throughout the country. But the reason why today is so special is the Pharmacy Podcast is growing. Um, we've always intended to gather the voices of pharmacy and pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, people that are professionals supporting our pharmacy industry in the hospital system um, setting, a community, long-term care, specialty, compounding. And we've reached the top 10 podcast in the world for news um, in the sector of, um, of, of so many podcasts competing with that space. So business news in podcasting is ruled by the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, The Economist, Pharmacy Podcast, number 10. That's because of the strategy of reaching out to other pharmacists who are incredibly knowledgeable about something very specific in the business in profession of pharmacy. And international um, plans have always been in place. So when uh, Dr. Nabila Ishmael brought us a very interesting episode from uh, the United Kingdom in London with a special guest, Serena Mughal, I was really excited because they just had such a good dialogue. Uh, Serena is such a passionate chemist and pharmacist. She really speaks highly of the profession. She takes lots of pride in her profession. And she's a mover and shaker. She never sits still. She's constantly thinking about what can she do to leverage her knowledge to help others. I'd like to make the announcement today that the classy chemist Serena Mughal has joined the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome, Serena. Thank you. I'm Serena. It's so great to be on here. I'm very excited. And it's great to connect with hundreds of pharmacists across the world. Yes, thousands of pharmacists across the world. Yes, this is one of the biggest pharmacy podcast networks. So I feel honored and privileged to be part of, part of the program. So I love it. Yes, and we're just as excited. And the reason is, is so many things are happening in this COVID pandemic world and the need for pharmacists are, are so much more prevalent. We're, we're getting noticed more. Pharmacists are, are taking roles and being supported for taking those roles by other healthcare providers, by physicians, by nurse practitioners. And the world that we 
that we really live in really tells the tale of what business and what the world of pharmacy is like. Well, we've covered the United States pretty well for about 11 years now, but it's really time for us to expand. I am so excited that Robert Zarr, um, who is a pharmacist down in Australia. He's been a guest on our show a couple times. We're actually gonna start talking with him again. And Robert Starr, is a, he's a pharmacist, he's a technologist, and, and that was fun to, to do a collaboration with him. But we were really looking for something more consistent to hear the voice of a pharmacist in London, in the UK, and your story is very special. So just in case, if you haven't heard the interview, which I will post in our show notes with Dr. Nabila Ishmael, it was episode 1026, 1026, um, published on June 8th, 2020. That episode has done extremely well, obviously, because I think our listeners are interested in learning more about what's happening abroad in pharmacy. And what a better person to partner with than you, Serena, because you have your hands and you have your mind as a pharmacist and as a chemist in multiple things. And I love the holistic background that you have. We've always wanted a skin specialist on the network. We always wanted somebody that had a sense of style that could kind of bring a poshness to a publication, even though we're only listening, there's so many things that could be happening on social media that we're going to build together. So I'm going to pause because I don't want to hear from me anymore. I want to hear from you. And just in case they didn't hear the original interview um, with Nabila, tell us a little bit about yourself. So obviously I'm a pharmacist from London. I have been a pharmacist for approximately seven or eight years now. And as you mentioned, yes, I do have my fingers in quite a few pies, <laughs> but at the moment, my main role is I'm actually the senior lead pharmacist and the over manager for a pharmacy, which is based in one of the world's best department stores. So in the heart of London, in Knightsbridge, I actually work in Harrods. So Harrods is one of the biggest tourist destinations. There is only one Harrods in the world and the one pharmacy in Harrods I'm in charge of. So I'm the senior lead pharmacist there and I'm the overall manager. So I look after a very large team. So I have a team of 10 permanent members of staff and I have another 25 brand ambassadors. And it, it, Harrods Pharmacy is what we like to call a small cave of wonders. So it's a very exclusive pharmacy. We um, have all the normal services that you'd see in any other pharmacy across the globe. So we do um, both NHS prescriptions and private prescriptions. We have medical services private health services, we give advice to our patients, our customers. However, we have some of the world's most exclusive vitamins and supplements that we source all over the globe. So that's one of, that's the main thing I do. In addition, I do a lot in the pharmacy industry because I do actually love my job. I love my profession. And I love to give back to the community as well. So I actually teach pre-registration pharmacists. So those are pharmacists who've just graduated from university and they are on a one-year training program um, which they have to complete a number of competencies in the UK, sit a final exam. Once they pass their, that exam, they have their medical license number and are officially on the register of pharmacists in the UK. So I'm actually a mentor and I teach those pharmacists, so a variety of clinical topics. So for example, some of my favorite topics I teach would be things like high-risk drugs or the musculoskeletal system. In addition, I am actually a prescriber 
So I am legally allowed to write prescriptions and run clinics for my patients. I've just started doing this. So because of COVID, we haven't fully kicked off an official clinic yet, but I'm qualified to do so. Um, and I also have a huge passion for the aesthetics and dermatology industry. So alongside my prescribing qualification, I'm looking to sort of move into that industry. Once COVID calms down and the regulations are lifted, I will go back into education and learn to do my aesthetics courses. So things like Botox, dermal fillers, lip fillers, anti-wrinkle injections, things like that. And so my, I, my idea is that my passion for beauty, pharmacy, making a difference and helping people and bringing that in with a clinical knowledge and expertise. So I've always thought my purpose in life is to help people, whether that's in my job and me as a person with my family, my friends. So that's why I'm so passionate about this industry. And I love meeting other pharmacists and mentoring junior pharmacists in the hope that they would see the industry how I do too. I can't tell you if I were to write up the podcasters that I want involved in this global network, I could just use this interview in, in saying to a fellow <laughs> podcaster, listen, just listen to Serena, what she has to say. And if you kind of fill in those blanks, then you can definitely come aboard. That's incredible. Congratulations. I, Thank you. you know, helping people for me is addictive. I think that when I feel that I've done something for someone else that has helped them reach another level in their, in their life, if I've helped them to get in an interview or I help them with, um, you know, securing a new account or a client or reaching a body of primary care physicians or something that we've done through podcasting to lower the barriers between one healthcare provider to the next. That's exciting to me. And, and I feel like that's what's in your heart as well, especially with your passion in background of how you've combined your own knowledge of, of the, the pharmacological side of pharmacy and the chemist side of pharmacy with your personality and with your sense of style and with the fact that you're in you know, one of the world's largest uh, department stores where you're, ha you're having a mixture of people that live in London and then a slew of tourists that are coming through there. Um, that's also exciting and that means something to you know, somewhat, you, you go home tired, but you feel fulfilled. Definitely. I feel like as long as I can help someone or if I can learn something myself, one new thing every day, and if I can teach someone else something new every day or make a difference to someone's day just by saying something kind or giving them that small advice, for example, um, take your iron tablets with vitamin C to increase the absorption. To me, that's something just simple that I do every day. But to some of my patients, that makes a massive difference to their health. So that's why I generally, I just love helping people. And I like to meet new people. I like to connect with different types of, types of um, customers all over the globe. And obviously, as you said, in Harrods, we do meet people all around the world. Obviously, it's one of the most popular tourist destinations. And it is a great, rewarding experience, not just being in Harrods, but being a pharmacist, because I know I'm doing a good deed. And you're an educator, which is, that's special too, because you're really helping these younger pharmacists, chemists really understand how to apply things that you've done in your life. And it might not be exactly what they want to do, but they're following a model that they're looking at you as a mentor and being able to form their own career and go their own path that is once again going to impact 
others and impact people's lives that need the mind of a pharmacist. There's so many people out there that don't even realize that they need a pharmacist. We have so many cases, Serena, where there's cascading prescribing happening. There's a, there's a primary care physician and then the patient doesn't see them for a while and they go to a different doctor and then they're next thing you know a senior with um, diabetes and hypertension they're on you know 12 14 16 meds and then you finally meet up with a pharmacist to really kind of dig into your life your lifestyle your diet um, everything that's happening and in a more holistic way of, of looking at it. And sometimes there's even de-prescribing uh, based on a medication review where a pharmacist is like, time out, let's, let's make sure that you're not over medicating and which is hard on your liver and your kid kidneys. So there's so much science to this. That's not my strength. My strength is supporting uh, rock stars like you, Serena, and it's what I do best. Let's talk about the classy chemist. By the way, in the show notes, you're going to be able to follow Serena at Instagram. She has an amazing Instagram. I love the post that you put out there. It's the, T-H-E, the classy chemist underscore. And then over on Twitter, it's, it's classy. It's the classy chemist, but not the, it's classy chemist um, or at classy chemist. So we're going to have those links in show notes so that you can all link up with Serena, ask questions if you have any questions about the world of pharmacy um, in, in the UK. I do kind of want to come back to you, um, Serena, and really find out and get an update on the coronavirus. I, I understand there's been about 45,000 people that have passed away that have been associated with um, the coronavirus. What's the temperament there? What's it, what's it like in the UK right now? I mean, we are quite concerned, of course, before lockdown back in March, um, we, our government predicted, you know, we would be lucky if we had a rate of 20,000 deaths. Unfortunately, it was almost, it was more than double that. Um, at the moment, restrictions have been lifted slightly um, in the sense you can go to the supermarket, you know, you can be out and about. A lot of people are going back to work now who aren't key workers. Um, but however, we are still trying to ensure people understand social distancing people are still aware that there is still a virus out there. So yes, of course, right now, the daily death rates aren't in the thousands. However, the concern is that there is going to be a second peak or a second wave, as some may call it, because that has happened in some countries across the globe. So we are being very careful. As of um, Friday, the 24th of July, um, a lot of the new restriction is that face coverings are compulsory now when going to supermarkets and shops and public areas. At the moment, so as of today, um, you, can, you only have to wear a face covering, you know, if you're doing certain procedures, especially if you're a healthcare professional or a beauty industry or hairdressers or hair salons. And obviously it's entirely up to you. However, pharmacies, you do have to wear face masks. Um, and now from over the next few days, it is going to become compulsory across the globe. So hopefully that should help because we are trying to educate the public that a face covering is not just to protect us, it's to protect you as well. Because scientifically, there's been so much clinical data and studies to back the fact that a face covering can reduce transmission. So we're hoping that would help. And at the moment, I know everyone is getting a little bit too relaxed. So it's just a case of um, staying, still staying alert, staying safe, and um, being prepared in case there is going to be a second wave. So let's 
back up a second. You said something really interesting, and that is that you're able to prescribe. And that's something that's definitely different than here in the in the United States with pharmacists who um, aren't um, prescribers. They're not prescribing any medications. However, they are doing immunizations. They are doing, um, they're even, I, I think in some states, if not I think in several states, they're even being able to um, issue birth control, um, which makes a lot of sense uh, because of the background of a pharmacist understanding with asking, you know, some simple questions to a woman needing that would be able to really classify, you know, what to, um, to initiate. So tell me about prescribing. Is there a limited amount of, um, of medications that you're able to, to prescribe or is it wide open or tell me how that works so when we do our master's degree at university it doesn't include the prescribing qualification the prescribing qualification is an add-on so it's something that's post-grad so you have you do have to go back to university now most universities across the country um you have to be a qualified pharmacist for two years and some will only accept you if you are a qualified pharmacist for three years so firstly to apply for the course itself it can be quite difficult because it's not as simple as saying i've been qualified two years or three years i want to apply and complete my qualification you have to actually put forward a business case and a business proposal as to why you should be accepted on the course you completing this course how will it be beneficial to patients to the public because it is it's a registered qualification that the general pharmaceutical council have to approve so even when you finish your course you cannot start prescribing until you have your annotations changed against your name to say legally you are allowed to do this therefore that's why each institution has to be approved by the general pharmaceutical council so the actual course that they run and the course material has to be approved and that's why the institution always asks for a business case so um, with my job role and everything i've done in the industry i understand business quite well and i even write articles for pharmacy magazines um, sometimes explaining to other business owners how to increase their sales and increase their business in a given clinical category so writing the business proposal for me wasn't too difficult um, i um, chose an area of general medicine and minor illness so that will be things that maybe a general practitioner would see on a daily basis so minor infections such as urinary tract infections antibiotic prescribing um, things like long-term contraceptive or contraceptive pills pain medication things like that so that's what i chose to specialize in and i built my business case around the fact that in the Knightsbridge area in London, there aren't many prescribers who specialize in that area. It would also benefit my patients, especially the ones all over the globe, because they come in from abroad and sometimes they have the exact same medication that we have in the UK, but in the UK, it's a prescription only. This can be very inconvenient for them because that means even though it's something for like a minor cream, for example, which I know I can see the patient's symptoms in front of me. I know this is the correct medication. I have to send them to the doctor outside of Harrods next door. Um, they'd have to pay a consultation fee because it's a private service. And then they'd have to come back to the pharmacy to get the medication dispensed. So obviously, if I have that qualification, I can cut out the middle person and it's an easier transition and it's a better health service for my patients. So that's the reason I went into that area specifically. 
some pharmacist prescribers choose their area of speciality. So I have colleagues who have specialized in hypertension, for example, or diabetes or asthma or COPD, and they will run separate clinics. So you can run clinics in hospitals. You can be a prescriber in a hospital, in a community setting like myself. Um, so it really depends what you are planning on doing with your qualification, because it's not just a tick box exercise. That's why the university is so picky with who they take on on the course. Um, it's not about, oh, we just want the pharmacist money paying for the course. It's more what value will this pharmacist and them having this qualification bring to the public. Because end of the day, as a pharmacist, you know, your patients always come first and you have to always put the public first. So that's that, how it works in the UK. That is so special, though, because specialized pharmacy services, we have sectors of pharmacy broken out in, in the United States. We have compounding. Um, we have specialty pharmacy that could have a myriad, a whole bunch of different disease states. We have health system pharmacists, which are hospital-based. We have community pharmacists, which are you know the ones that the public are most in touch with. Um, and then we have like the scientific research, the medical science liaison. That's the pharmacist that would then represent a pharma manufacturer. Um, and, and then long-term care pharmacy, which really is that pharmacist that focuses on senior care or someone that's in an inst institution that needs a lot more pharmacist attention than maybe someone who's just on an antibiotic for a temporary period of time. When you said compounding and you said a cream, you and I have had some conversations before and it's been exciting to talk with you about some of your work. You've also mentioned that with your holistic desire and background of bringing the natural side of things into science and into being a chemist and a and a pharmacist, uh, the world of CBD oil and things that you're doing, when you talk about compounding, Serena, are you physically making up compounds sometimes for a um, for a patient, or are these things that have already been done and they're in a package or a bottle or a tube or something? So in the UK, there are some pharmacies which do compounding. Um, I'm not a pharmacist that actually does that, and I don't work in a pharmacy that does. So we have um, certain certain doctors or practitioners, they will prescribe a product that is required to be made especially for a specific purpose. So it's what we call in the UK a specials item. So we have to call a special manufacturer and ask them to specifically make that product according to those um, instructions, that dosage, that percentage. So when we do that, that can, we have to have a special form we fill out, we have a special instruction, and that can take a long time for the product to actually reach us. So you're looking at sort of about a week. Whereas usually if I order a medication in, in the morning, it will be in my pharmacy in the afternoon, or if I order a medication in the afternoon, it will be in my pharmacy in the, mor in the morning the following day. So compounding is what we call specials. It is done elsewhere. So it's not something that we do in-house on-site, but there are ph some pharmacies and some institutions that do that. That's really interesting. So in, in the UK, do you have pharmacists that work specifically just in hospitals and then are using technologies like OmniCell and some other things that we've talked about before? Yes, we do. So hospital pharmacists, obviously there are hundreds of hospitals in the UK. Some are more prestige than others. Obviously you have NHS hospitals and you also have private hospitals. Um, 
some of them have things like um, they have a lot of technology from Omnicell, a lot of um, robotic systems in place as well to reduce errors and to reduce medication and dispensing errors. So a lot of pharmacists who work in hospital, there's different sectors of hospital you can work in. You can work in oncology, for example, and aseptics. So only dealing with all the chemotherapy, etc. Any um, a pediatric nutrition that needs to be made up. You can work on, be a clinical pharmacist working in a special ward. So um, usually when you qualify as a pharmacist and if you're looking to go down the hospital route, you would, for the first two or three years, you would do a, you'd be a rotational pharmacist. So you'd be working on different wards on a rotational basis and understanding different um, systems and organ systems. Whereas when you finish, there's a diploma you have to do whilst working in hospital pharmacy if you want to specialise. So once you finish your diploma, you can actually choose an area to specialise in. And these areas can go on for ages. There's, there's so many very cool um, clinical areas that you can specialise in. And it's very pharmacological. So it's a lot more clinical than you'd find in retail and community industry. So there's oncology, there's haematology, there's paediatrics, there's intensive care, there's acute medicines unit. Um, elderly, palliative care, mental health, prison pharmacists. I mean, the list goes on. Hypertension, cardiology, respiratory, um, gastroenterology. Um, so th there's a lot of options, especially if you want to specialise in a very clinical area. And in these sort of areas, you would look at patients' medication, you look at their blood results, um, you would work very closely with doctors, consultants, physicians, nurses. Whereas other areas of pharmacy, for example, community pharmacy and retail, which is what I do, it wouldn't be as clinical, but it'll be more patient facing. So we are the forefront of healthcare and pharmacy. So a patient tends to come to us first before they go to the doctor and then God forbid when they go to, into hospital. So we are sort of the, the first part of the food chain. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's talk about the Classy Chemist podcast. Um, what's really fun about you joining this network is the fact that we finally get an opportunity to talk with other pharmacists across the world and specifically really concentrating on in the UK and in London. But what do you want to get out of this? What are you looking to, uh, to do with this, with this show? So I obviously, as explained before, I love connecting with people all over the globe. I love meeting other healthcare professionals, especially pharmacists. So what I want to do with this podcast network, especially, is to meet and connect with different people and to discuss different topics of interest. So I have a special passion for aesthetics, dermatology, holistic health. So ideally, my aim for the podcast is to have different guests on here that Yes, UK pharmacists, but also UK healthcare professionals and just really showcase to the rest of the globe how the UK work. So for just a few teasers and tasters, I don't want to give too much away. Um, I'd love to have um, a specialist on here who specialises in aesthetics or dermatology. So like an aesthetic doctor, um, any pharmacists who work in hospital pharmacy. Um, I'd also like to discuss very real topics. So I know pharmacists who are also working mums and how does that their lifestyle impact pharmacy for example how has that impacted their career has that made them want to change a segment or an industry sector um i would also love to talk about holistic health so um i would love to have a one a founder of a cbd brand um a CBD, cbd distributor actually a global distributor i would love to get them on the show 
just so people can understand how pharmacists work, first and foremost, how the relationship between pharmacists and other healthcare professionals work, how different topics occur in the UK. So CBD, um, there can be a grey area around it because there's different uh, regulations around cannabis all across the country. So it'll be great for listeners across the globe to understand how it works here in the UK. And similarly, I would love to connect and obviously um, listen to all your podcasts about what you guys do in the US, for example, or in, or in Australia or in Canada, because I think it's a very good learning experience. And our industry is so powerful and our profession is so powerful. I often say we are one of the most educated healthcare professionals, but the most underused mm. um, because people don't realize how much knowledge we actually have on going to pharmacy school. It's so tough. It's not far off going to medical school. Absolutely. Um, I echo what you said. The, the pharmacist in the United States is now being recognized more than ever before. And if, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a P1, P2, P3, P4, which is the stages of education in going through pharmacy school, and you are under the impression that it is a saturated market, you are absolutely correct unless you decide that you're going to hustle and that you're going to look for the crevices and you're going to look for the, the opportunities that are out there to do something other than, you know, fill in the blank, hospital pharmacy or community pharmacy or all of the, all of the staples of pharmacy in, in, the, in the U.S. Is, are there. But there are so many facets of what's happening in science, in development, in artificial intelligence, in the, um, the ingestible a uh, capsule like eTech RX that's been on our show several times and pharmacogenomics and in the study of efficacy of a medication and drug development and clinical trials. I mean, there's so much, Serena, happening in pharmacy for a pharmacist that you do not have to be limited to a traditional setting. However, it provides you a tremendous amount of value and experience to be in the presence of the public because i think in my opinion never practicing a day of pharmacy in my life but watching it for the last 20 years i see the intensity of a community pharmacist someone that has to deal with the public and and you put all that stress on your shoulders and you might be yelled at or someone might be rude to you and you have to treat them as like you treat everybody else, you basically have to save their life. You have to make sure that they're not being poisoned, that they're not taking something that's going to interact with another drug, that it's not going to have an impact on an allergy that they may have listed. Regardless, your role as a community pharmacist, that's probably one of, if not the most intense role, but it also provides you with a tremendous amount of experience. So I've talked to young pharmacists, uh, pharmacists that are just starting their career and they're always like, so what do you think I should go into? And I'm like, listen, if you can do two to five years of community and, and set your sights on, you know, another sector that you're really interested in, especially like you, Serena, with skin care. I think there is so much, I don't think the, the, I do not think that the surface has been scratched for a pharmacist who is into skincare that could dig down into the metabolic, um, you know, 
attributes of skin and what that's like and, and getting into melanoma and getting into, you know, properly washing. And I mean, just there's so much to be done, I think, in the skin um, realm alone. And so I think I see you doing so much more in that because of your interest in it. Of course. And I mean, your skin is the largest organ in the body. People often forget that. And it's something that I'm very passionate about. And obviously on the surface, people can sometimes assume and think, oh, you know, to go into aesthetics and dermatology and Botox and fillers, it's all very cosmetic, it's all very shallow. That's not that at all. There are hundreds of medical procedures that can be achieved with non-surgical cosmetics, non-surgical injectables. So for example, people use Botox injections for hyperhidrosis, for example, excessive sweating. That's not something that is just for cosmetic purposes, that, that is something that can cause a lot of distress within a patient. And when I discuss things like skincare and dermatology, I don't just mean having a flawless skin or having a flawless face or a great complexion that you'd find in Vogue magazines. I mean also discussing actual skin reactions and skin conditions and being able to recognize infections or fungal infections, things like impetigo, and being able to check, especially for children, do they have measles, do they have mumps, um, checking moles, for example. One of the um, areas in, in Harrods, we actually run a private mole clinic. So it's a, an example of how much I'm interested in this industry because it's such a common thing. A lot of people can get moles, but you need to be able to determine, is it benign, is it malignant, is it, is it dangerous for the patient? How would you identify them? So there's so many areas within dermatology that I think um, hundreds of hundreds and thousands, in fact, of patients and public would really benefit from. So big things are coming for the classy chemist. If you're listening right now and you are from the UK and you're a pharmacist and you would like to reach out and talk with Serena, there are connections for Serena in our show notes. But what is a, what's the best place to reach out to you, Serena, if somebody did have a question? I'd probably say on Instagram. So on my Instagram, just drop me a DM. Um, I love connecting with people from all walks of life on my Instagram. My email address is also on there um, on my Instagram page. So you can directly email me as well. And yeah, so I'm very excited to get to know lots of people. And I'm really excited because we have so many good episodes lined up. So it will be very interesting to educate everyone, have Good, great discussions, both formal and informal, and let, let's make it work. Absolutely. We're excited, Serena. We're so glad that you're joining the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, really, this is now a global publication um, because of champions like you that really want to grow the messaging of how important pharmacists are to our healthcare system and to the better health and better living, longer living of our of our citizens um, throughout the world and the passion that, that pharmacists bring. There's a special heart that a pharmacist must have as a servant leader, someone who believes in what they do. And I know it's frustrating. Um, we, we, we see what pharmacists go through. We see the um, obstacles that they're that they're overcoming. But regardless, the, you're on the move and you're doing some amazing things. So we are so excited to support you. Thank you. And I'm honored to be part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. So I feel privileged. Well, we're, we're privileged to have you on this network too. So, all right. Connect with Serena, uh, Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Um, reach out to Serena, ask questions, get involved, re 
uh, tweet um, her episodes, uh, get in touch with her on Instagram, um, get involved. This is a global community that we are part of. Um, it's an amazing opportunity to learn from each other. Um, and Serena, we can't wait till your, uh, to your first episode. Thank you. I can't wait either. You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network brand new podcast landing, The Classy Chemist with Serena McGall from the UK, London, in the amazing uh, department uh, store, one of the largest in the world, if not the largest. I got to get over there and see it, Harrods. And we're so excited about this. And we always, as always, we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Classy Chemist Podcast. We value our listeners and encourage your ideas and feedback for future topics of discussion. Find The Classy Chemist on Instagram at theclassychemist underscore.